Deja vu. For your consideration, meet 28-year-old husband and father of three, Mr. Leon Gregory, an exhausted, resentful soul by all accounts, and one with the most violent temper. Leon Gregory, a dead man walking, a man who longs for death, a man whose time may be about to be cut short, a man that will do anything for just a little peace and quiet. Day One Leon Gregory wakes with a fierce jolt. His alarm plays its relentless symphony straight down his ear. He is sick of the sound. He feels exhausted, feverish, achy, and his head is pounding. Beside him, his wife Lacey stirs and groans. It's okay for her, he thinks. She gets to stay home while I work hard all day. Leon and Lacey, Lacey and Leon. The two names flow together in perfect-sounding harmony, a harmony that does not exist within their short marriage. Leon thinks briefly of the day Lacey told him she was pregnant. At first, he felt pleased and happy, until he realized her religiously-minded father meant to force the two to marry. Three years and three children later, Leon feels more trapped and suffocated than ever. It does not occur to him that his wife might feel the same. He hates the smell of Lacey, the scent of cabbage and cheap lavender mixed together. He hates her voice, the high-pitched tones, and the shrillness. Most of all, he hates her face, loathes looking at her. She is his constant reminder that he is trapped. He also despises his children, a fact he keeps hidden carefully inside. He sees chubby arms and legs and greedy mouths to feed. He hears nonstop crying and wailing, seeing only the cost of each one. He is sick of working six days a week, only for his wage to be taken immediately. Every pound is spent on a mortgage he never wanted, food he never gets to eat, gas and electricity he doesn't get to enjoy. Leon hates his house. He hates the creaking stairs, the leaking roof, and the expense. He hates the secondhand clothes that hang in his donated wardrobe. He once had dreams, grand dreams of traveling and exploring vast new lands. Leon wants to die. He wants to put a gun to his head and end it all. He rises from the cheap bed with its cheap scratchy sheets, dresses quickly, and heads downstairs. Maybe he can leave before the morning chaos, before the wailing of the children starts, before his wife begins her complaining. He plots his escape. No time for toast, but there isn't any bread anyway. He swallows a bitter coffee and leaves, shuts the door quietly, and runs across the overgrown lawn. He hasn't mown the grass in a while. He can't. The machine broke, and there isn't enough money to buy a new one, or even enough to repair the old one. Every penny is swallowed up by the house and its human contents. His neighbors have started complaining, Lucy told him. They moan about the state of his house. What can he do? He doesn't have the money. Leon wishes he could die. Maybe he could get run over, buy a huge heavy goods lorry, something quick and fatal. Or he could swallow poison. Where might he buy poison from? He wouldn't want to suffer. No, he feels he suffers enough already. He thinks of his options as he walks to work. Down the streets he's walked a thousand or more times, straight to the mines that are killing him slowly and without his knowledge. Down, down into darkness and fear, pits of black despair, back-breaking work, horrible and cruel, wretched. Morning, 
one of his fellow mine workers says. Leon snaps out of his daydream and blinks rapidly. A feeling he can't explain washes over him, a chaotic sensation he doesn't have the right word for, the sense he has lived the exact same moment before. In a way, he has. Every day except Sunday is a repeat of the day before and the day before that. Sleep, wake, work, hunt, eat, argue, sleep. The familiar pattern is now ingrained inside his very cells. Leon, you okay, mate? Yeah, he answers. I was miles away. Truly, he wishes he was. The workers make their way into the pits, plunging down inside a metal cage, huddled in beside several other weary men, off into the deepest darkness. No sunlight, only pitch black. What kind of life is this? Leon has nothing to look forward to. No holiday time, not like the other men. He cannot recall why he has none, only that he doesn't. He hasn't been anywhere. He has no days away to lie on a soft, warm beach. No big meal waiting at home, no fresh bread or real meat. They can't afford such extravagances. Only misery beckons. Endless misery. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Exit all hope. Even his dreams are empty. Leon feels he closes his eyes for seconds, only to hear his alarm begin. The cage stops. He is jostled by other men keener to work than he is. Wearily, already hungry, he steps out. Pain starts as soon as he begins his work. It hurts to breathe, hurts to bend and move. A vicious pain that tears his spine and soul. There are no other jobs available anywhere. He can't take a day off to go job hunting or attend interviews. Less wages would mean hell for him. The other men sing happy songs and tell filthy stories to occupy themselves. And then she said, of course I will, darling. A man laughs as he finishes his outrageous tale. Laughter erupts all around him. The sound makes Leon's heart quiver and stutter. He feels that odd sensation again. He's heard that story before. Was it yesterday or the day before or both? He can't recall. The sensation makes him feel as if he has insects crawling around inside his skull. Time passes slowly, far too slowly. Leon wants to die. What kind of life is this? A silly mistake with a local girl who smells of cabbage and cheap lavender, a marriage he didn't want, three children he didn't want, no money, there's never any money for him. There isn't even enough spare for the newspapers anymore. He used to love reading the Sunday papers, alone and in peace. Now... He doesn't have a clue about what might be happening in the world. He misses that peace, his one slice of quiet. He longs for silence. Just five minutes a day would be nice. Instead, despair is his companion. The men around him talk of going to the local pub after work. Leon loves the pub, but he hasn't been for years. He likes to drink ale and stare at the barmaid's chest. He always thought she was a looker. He's willing to bet she wouldn't complain and whine all the time. He wouldn't mind waking up next to her every morning either. But no, he's stuck with cabbage breath and the noisy brats. He glances at his watch, realizing it's stopped. Now he doesn't know how much time is passing. His stomach rumbles loudly. He feels the quake, the complaint of his insides. He has no pack-up to eat at break. There isn't enough money to buy extra food. No, his youngest is growing too quickly. 
He needs new shoes, Lacey insisted. Seconds drag like hours. Minutes feel like days. He hears the shrill of a whistle. Break time. He intends to stand away from the men, or they'll tease him for being poor and having no food. They won't offer him any. They never do. He knows this as a fact, but he can't remember how. He climbs into the cage, back up to the surface world, back to fresh air. At least the air is free. That hasn't been taxed yet. Break time drags on and on and on. Nothing ever changes. Leon wants to die. He wants to die so very much. Finally, finish time. It's late, he thinks. But there will be some food, even if it's just a little broth and some stale bread at the house. Just like the night before, and the night before that. Leon retraces his steps home, the route he has taken a thousand times or more. The same route with its cracked pavements and broken streetlight. He is exhausted, beyond tired. Still, the children will be asleep at least. He might have half an hour of peace just for himself. What a rare treat that would be. But the treat would have to end, and that makes having something good all the more unbearable. His day off, Sunday, feels impossibly far off, as if it might never arrive at all. Perhaps it won't. Leon wants to die. He sees his house, the most untidy one on the street, the dirty one, the poor-looking one, and feels a heavy sense of dread and shame. He opens his front door, belly full of hunger and apprehension. He freezes. Chaos, noise and calamity inside. His children, he forgets who is who, run around half-naked and in filthy nappies while the kitchen looks as if a bomb went off. Hands paw at him. Cries of his children deafen him. They clutch at him, wailing like little monsters and covered in paint. Messy painted handprints trail across the grimy walls. Hot rage begins to rise. Lacey, he yells, where are you? He finds his wife outside, talking to a neighbor over the fence, chatting as if she doesn't have a care in the world, laughing and smiling with the gossip next door. How dare she? How dare she laugh and enjoy her life? After all he has done to keep her and the children fed and a roof over their heads, how dare she feel happy when he can't? All the hard work, all the endless sacrifices. He never gets his peace and quiet. Get inside! Leon bellows. Now, the children need you. Red-faced, caught out, Lacey rushes in. Leon can smell cabbage. Cabbage and decay. Ungratefulness and spite. The hot rage begins its spiraling, its boiling. What did you cook? I'm hungry. Leon seethes. Each word tastes bitter on his tongue. Sour and vile. The children are screaming, red-faced tantrums. Leon cannot think straight. The sounds only escalate, louder, louder. He starts to shake, can feel the quivers of hate begin in his toes and spread. I've not had the chance yet. I've been busy, Lacey says. Besides, there isn't much, only enough for the kids. You'll have to work extra hours again. His wife's words echo and bounce somehow into his ears and around his mind. Anger boils over until his body jerks. He knows this feeling well, the mist of rage a fury. This is like the time he punched his wife for dropping his best mug, or like the time she told him she was pregnant for the third time, or when she forgot to pay the gas bill, or the time she threatened to leave him. 
Remember how he begged her? Recall how he pleaded and promised to change? No, he should have let her leave. He can't allow this woman to dictate his life anymore. His brain freezes and fills with a block of ice. His limbs shudder. He snaps, breaks, unable to take the pressure, the stress, the hunger anymore. Vicious hate surfaces, a brutal explosion inside. Leon does not want to die. He wants his wife to die instead. His hands reach out and circle her throat. He squeezes hard. His arms are strong from working the pits. She cannot scream, cannot speak. She has no air. The children squeal for her. Screams of horror burst from their tiny lungs as they watch their mother dying. Leon can only squeeze harder, harder, until Lacey's face turns a curious shade of purple. Only then, only when he is sure, does he let her go. No more cabbage and cheap lavender smell. She crumples to the ground, folded up on herself. Onto the clean tiles she scrubs every day. Shut up, Leon roars. The children do not. Leon cannot think. His hands find a saucepan, a big heavy one they received as a wedding present. He hits each child repeatedly, a vile, brutal attack, blow after blow until they are all still. Finally, silence, peace and quiet. The knock at the door, the heavy thudding breaks him from his daze. Police, a deep voice calls. A disturbance was reported. Leon wonders what they mean. What disturbance? He looks at the bodies on the kitchen floor, the pools of blood collected around his feet. It is as if he is seeing the scene for the first time. Terror strikes him, pure, undiluted terror with madness biting closely at its heels. He wonders how they all came to be dead, wonders if someone broke in. Cold shock floods him. He stares at his hands, at his killer's hands. He did it, and he knows it. He murdered them all. He jerks wildly and vomits down his clothes. No, no, what have I done? No, my family. The thudding at the door comes louder, the noise of smashed glass and chaos. Big men push him to the ground as saliva drips down his face. I, I didn't. Leon tries to tell them that he didn't mean it. He only lost his temper, that's all. He's fine again now. How can they all be dead? He only wanted some peace. Shock floods his system. Shame and disgust. He understands he will go to prison for a very long time. A small part of Leon, a part he doesn't dare to acknowledge, feels grateful he will have regular food and quiet. In handcuffs, thrown in a cell, Leon cries loudly. Truly, he hadn't meant to hurt anyone. He loved his children, didn't he? He loved his cabbage-scented wife. Once, anyway. Horror makes way for comprehension. He is evil. He has done a very bad thing. He looks around his cell at the walls he's sure he's seen before. At the hard stone ground he is certain he has stared at many times over. It is all too familiar. The strangeness frightens Leon. The clarity of repeat of living the moment before. Somehow, he knows what happens next. A sharp pain bursts across his chest. He gasps for breath. He can't get the air he needs. The air that is supposed to be free. Another pain, a dull ache in his left arm. His head lolls forward before it snaps back. I'm dying. Brutal pain now. His heart thuds and struggles loudly. Beat, beat, stop. 
Leon falls forward, a rag doll of a man. His skull cracks on the hard floor. Still, he can't feel it. Leon wished he was dead, and now he is. All he sees is darkness, blackness, the absence of all light. A sudden understanding hits him. He is dead, but not. Finished, but still aware. Knowledge floods. He is a killer, a murderer of the innocent, a stealer of life. There's a special place for him, a special lair. Tucked away somewhere in the place that comes after life is over. Leon feels as if he is being pulled apart, wrenched apart inside by invisible hands with sharp, vicious, hot claws. His wife and children are someplace else, someplace good. He senses that and understands he is not. He is in hell, or some tangled, warped version of, set on repeat. The same vicious day over and over, one endless day, repeat, repeat, repeat. Leon wants to truly die, to cease to exist. He cannot. He is condemned. He is punished for eternity. No escape. Exit all hope. Day one. Leon Gregory wakes with a fierce jolt. His alarm plays its relentless symphony straight down his ear. He is sick of the sound. He feels exhausted, feverish, achy, and his head is pounding. Beside him, his wife Lacey stirs and groans. Leon Gregory, a bitter man with the most vicious temper, condemned to live the same dreadful day of his life on an endless loop, not for a short time, not for a long time, but for infinity. Somewhere, beyond time and space, beyond dimensions of wonder, lies a realm created purely for the wicked, for the damned, constructed from cruelty and chaos, inhabited only by the most ruthless of killers, a special place of hell indeed. This is Edison McDaniels. Thanks for listening.